Welcome to the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Uh. Oh! Uh. All right. Stand up. <laughs> nice. Thank you. Nice. Thank you. Pat and uh, Jeffy for Glenn today. Uh, we uh, we got to go over this Tucker Carlson yeah. interview with uh, Vladimir Putin. Fascinating. Uh, we'll get into that in one minute. Meantime, Mindy wrote in about her dog's experience with Rough Greens. She says, it's been about a month since I got Rough Greens from my dog, Polo. He's a six-year-old Manchester Terrier mix, and I can't believe the difference. Polo always had a sensitive stomach. For the past year, he would eat his breakfast. He wouldn't eat his breakfast until he ate grass first, and the rest wasn't pretty. You know what that means, right? They're eating grass. Oh, yeah. That's not a good thing. Something's wrong, right? Uh, Yeah. Uh, I heard you talk about Rough Greens and decided to try that. The next day, and ever since, no more grass. Everything is back to normal. Thank you. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that, Mindy. Rough Greens isn't dog food. It's a supplement developed by a naturopathic doctor, Dennis Black. You just sprinkle it on your dog's food. Brown food is dead food. You want the greens. You name it, if it's healthy for your dog, it's probably in Rough Greens. And... At Rough Greens, they're so confident that your dog is going to love it. Mine certainly does. Glenn's does. Stu's does. They have a special deal for you. Go to roughgreens.com slash Beck or call 833-GLEN-33, and they're going to give you your first trial bag free. Yeah, free. All you pay is the shipping. Or you can call 833-GLEN-33. That's 833-GLEN, G-L-E-N-N-33. Call today. So, uh, Tucker's been getting a lot of flack over this interview. For some reason, uh, I guess you can't you can't interview dictators anymore. Now, it was once apparently perfectly acceptable because... Well, it was considered journalism. Yes. Yeah. Uh, 60 Minutes has interviewed Vladimir Putin, Saddam Hussein, Osama bin Laden, yes. you know, huh. probably Pol Pot back in the day. You name it, they've interviewed him. <laughs> they weren't able to save the uh, the radio tapes uh, when they interviewed <laughs> right. Pol Pot, but they're there. Uh, but now it's absolutely off limits. Now it's off limits. Well, Tucker went and uh, did some journalism anyway. He interviewed Vladimir Putin, and uh, Putin had some things to say, mostly about us. Um, here's what he had to say about the U.S. dollar. To use the dollar as a tool of foreign policy struggle is one of the biggest strategic mistakes made by the U.S. political leadership. The dollar is the cornerstone of the United States power, but they won't stop printing. What does the debt of $33 trillion tell us about? As soon as the political leadership decided to use the U.S. dollar as a tool of political struggle, a blow was dealt to this American power. I would not like to use any strong language, but it is a stupid thing to do and a grave mistake. Look at what is going on in the world. Even the United States allies are now downsizing their dollar reserves. Seeing this, everyone starts looking for ways to protect themselves. But the fact that the United States mm. applies restrictive measures to certain countries, mm-hmm. such as placing restrictions on transactions, freezing yeah. assets, yeah. etc., causes grave concern and sends a signal to the whole world. Do you even realize what is going on or not? Does anyone in the United States realize this? Mm. Yeah. 
Mm, some some do. do. Some, some do. people do. Some do. Uh, I also realized you had it completely wrong. We're not thirty-three trillion in debt. We're thirty-four <laughs> I, I trillion in debt. I don't want to use strong Tell language, me. but that's stupid. stupid. <laughs> that's so one hundred days ago, Vlad. <laughs> Where does he get his information? Uh, what a moron! <laughs> okay. I said, I tell you this though. Like again, it, we play these clips, and you know, obviously, uh, as you said, you know, Glenn made was it right. About it's, us. A, it's about it's about America for yep. sure. Yep. Uh, one, I mean, is, uh, I, he's the man of peace. He's yes, the he's guy doing that everything knows right. It all. But I will say. You know, in the beginning, he gave a history of Russia, yeah. where he's you know it started back in I don't know eight eight sixty eight or something eight sixty two, mm-hmm. and he went on about the Ukraine in nine eighty eight, and he's on and on. He's telling the history. There's not yeah. a chance that Joe that Biden could Joe do that. Biden could no, sit down and true. do this. He can't remember. Mm-hmm. I have by wear bows. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> right. I mean, right. There's no way. And I'm fine when we point that out. I don't want him pointing it out. Good That's point. the thing. I know. And I, 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 I'm fine talking about the struggles we're going through in this country. I don't want him babbling about right. it. Because you got your own situation we don't in need Russia, to make my him friend. look better. Right. Because uh, right. he's not. He's just, and you know, he's, he's not. He's not. He's not a good guy. He's a vicious, brutal killer from the KJ, KGB. KG- I mean, right? he even talks about it. Yes. Right? He even talks about it in the interview. But everything is the CIA's problem. Right. Not not his. Yeah, no. He was just an investigative no. arm. Oh, right. okay. The KGB was just intelligence. We're just, uh, <laughs> right. we find things out and we talk about it. And, and then we <laughs> right. make sure that peace ensues afterward. Okay. <laughs> right. All right. Whatever. Uh, but he was talking about um, uh, the CIA's involvement yeah. in a coup in Ukraine. As the Americans requested, Yanukovych did use neither the armed forces nor the police, yet the armed opposition committed a coup in Kiev. What is that supposed to mean? Mm. Who do you think you are? I wanted to ask the then US leadership. With the backing of whom? With the backing of CIA, of course. Oh, oh, the organization you wanted to join back in the day, as I understand. Hmm. We should thank God they didn't let you in. Although, it is a serious organization. I understand. Uh, mm-hmm. My former vis-a-vis in the sense that I served in the first main directorate, Soviet Union's intelligence service. Mm-hmm. They have always been our opponents. A job is a job. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. Uh-huh. Yeah, but the KGB, they're just uh they were peace lovers, right? They didn't participate yep. in nefarious activity. That's all CIA stuff. Sure there, is. You know, so acting uh illicitly all over the world. I mean, it this is agonizing to me. Um it's it's difficult because as Glenn predicted, he did make it all about America. And sadly, I don't I don't know that Tucker turned that back around on him much. Um but uh, he asked, well, "Was he there for that?" I yeah, guess you I make the argument that he, you know, if you're there for that. But you know, he talked about how mm-hmm. uh, in the beginning Tucker laid the groundwork of the interview that uh, it appeared uh, Putin was uh, uh, just filibustering. You know, when he was going through the history, and then looking mm-hmm. looking back at it, and he said, "We we tried to cut him off a couple of times, and he became." 
you know, frustrated with them trying to cut him off because he's going through his, yeah. his, you know, history lesson. And, uh, you know, so looking back on it, he said, you know, he's just trying to lay the groundwork for, uh, you know, Russian history and into Ukraine today. So, you know, look at it through that lens. So I don't know that also trying it, to turn it against him would have done any good. It's very difficult to do that, too. No I'm, kidding. I mean, he's in an intimidating place. You know, I don't know if they did this at the Kremlin, at his house. I think it was at, at the yeah, palace. He, he opened with the Kremlin behind him. But you're so, there yeah. with Putin and his people. They're and, all around. And the FSB. And they're, I mean, they're all there. Vlad is sitting there with his yeah. cup, taking his watch That's off, hard. rubbing his wrist like. Uh, That's you know, hard. I, you know, just that intimidating, that little intimidation move. Yep. It's just, it's yep. all, it's tough to do. I mean, I've, I've interviewed people who bring an intimidation factor with them, like bodyguards. I mean, like as well. You know, five or six gigantic bodyguards. <laughs> yes. And they're standing there staring at you with, yes. a, with a death look the entire interview. Uh, it's, it's, and it's hard. And it's intimidating. It sure it's is. Hard. So being in Russia... Oh man! I mean that that, that was had here, to be hard. right? I mean, I remember for as an example of yes. interviewing, you know, David Duke, and you know, he comes in with bodyguards. his entourage, which mm-hmm. are you know a dozen guys that are eight feet tall, yeah, all white and blonde yes. hair, huh? Yes. And uh, now you're supposed to say, "How about that book, huh?" <laughs> <laughs> right. What kind of racist are you? Yeah, like, how about that? Huh? You're a jerk and a racist and a hideous person. It's hard. Right. It's, it's hard. very difficult. Uh, so, um, so they talked about how the war started with Ukraine. Cut 19. That was eight years before the current conflict started. So what was the trigger for you? What was the moment where you decided you had to do this? Initially, it was the coup in Ukraine that provoked the conflict. By the way, back then the representatives of three European countries, Germany, Poland and France, arrived. They were the guarantors of the signed agreement between the government of Yanukovych and the opposition. They signed it as guarantors. Despite that, the opposition committed a coup and all these countries pretended that they didn't remember that they were guarantors of the peaceful settlement. They just threw it in the stove right away, and nobody recalls that. I don't know if the U.S. know anything about the agreement between the opposition and the authorities and its three guarantors who, instead of bringing this whole situation back in the political field, supported the coup. Although it was meaningless, believe me, because President Yanukovych agreed to all conditions. He was ready to hold an early election, which he had no chance of winning, frankly speaking. Everyone knew that. Then why the coup? Why the victims? Why threatening Crimea? Why launching an operation in Donbas? This I do not understand. That is exactly what the miscalculation is. CIA did its job to complete the coup. I think one of the deputy secretaries of state said that it cost a large sum of money, almost five billion. But the political mistake was colossal. Why would they have to do that? All this could have been done legally, without victims, without military action without losing Crimea. We would have never considered to even lift a finger if it hadn't been for the bloody developments on Maidan. 
Because we agreed with the fact that after the collapse of the Soviet Union, our borders should be along the borders of former Union's republics. We agreed to that. But we never agreed to NATO's expansion, and moreover, we never agreed that Ukraine would be in NATO. We did not agree to NATO bases there without any discussion with us. For decades we kept asking, don't do this, don't do that. And what triggered the latest events? Firstly, the current Ukrainian leadership declared that it would not implement the Minsk agreements, which had been signed, as you know, after the events of 2014 in Minsk, where the plan of peaceful settlement in Donbas was set forth. The Minsk agreement. But no, the current Ukrainian leadership, foreign minister, all other officials, and then president himself said that they don't like anything about the Minsk agreements. In other words, they were not going to implement it. A year or a year and a half ago, former leaders of Germany and France said openly to the whole world that they indeed signed the Minsk agreements, but they never intended to implement them. They simply led us by the nose. Was there anyone free to talk to? Did you call a U.S. president, secretary of state and say, if you keep militarizing Ukraine with NATO forces, this is going to get, this is going to be a, we're going to act. We talked about this all the time. We addressed the United States and European countries' leadership to stop these developments immediately, to implement the Minsk agreements. Frankly speaking, I didn't know how we were going to do this, but I was ready to implement them. These agreements were complicated for Ukraine. They included lots of elements of those Donbass territories' independence. I can't take it anymore. That's true. However, I was It's really sad. This man of peace has been betrayed so many times by the United States of America. I mean, all he's trying to do is just live up to the Minsk agreement. It was signed in 2014, I don't know if you know that, in right? Minsk. Yeah, yeah, maybe U.S. leadership doesn't understand that. Maybe they don't know that. But he tried to tell them. Tried to. Tried to tell them, because you know why? He's a man, man of, of peace. peace. That's why. <laughs> what does he have to do to show you how peaceful he is, this man? I mean, how many countries does he have to invade before you right. realize he's a man of peace? And you are evil bastards. Thank you. How, how many how many times? <laughs> I don't know. I don't either. I don't know the answer. I don't either. More coming up in one minute. Uh, teamwork makes the dream work. And never does that phrase apply more than in the real estate game. Look, buying and selling a home is difficult enough during normal economic times. And it's stressful enough. But I think we can agree that these are not normal economic times. You need somebody who's solid and dependable and who knows all the ins and outs and the best practices, both in your area and in the area you're moving into. That's why a while back, Glenn started a company called Real Estate Agents I Trust. When you contact them, they find the best agents in your area and connect you with them so that you're already on the right track, right out of the gate. You need someone who's going to lead you uh, and the team so that you end up where you want to be uh, at the end of the process. But don't take my word for it. Interview one of the agents in your area 
about your real estate process today. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com. It's a free service. We provide you with these uh, great agents. They're fans of the show. You're going to have things in common with them. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. 10 seconds, station ID. All right, the man of peace. He had a little bit more to say. Uh, thank goodness, because he's so misunderstood in this country. You know what I mean? I just yes, misunderstood. I do. Know he's a mean. nice man trying to do nice things and trying to bring peace to the world through, you know, murdering hundreds of thousands of people. <laughs> Sometimes you got to break a few eggs well, to make well, an omelet. Am right, I right? I think you are right. And he's you making some right. peace omelets. That's what he's trying to do here. Um, but the Ukrainian war should have ended already, but of course, you know who's at fault. Not him. Not him. Not him. Cut 20. We support this. So I just want to make sure I'm not misunderstanding what you're saying. I don't think that I am. I think you're saying you want a negotiated settlement Mm -hmm. to what's happening in Ukraine. Right. (laughs) Right. Of course. And we made it. We prepared the huge document in Istanbul that was initialed by the head of the Ukrainian delegation. He had fixed his signature to some of the provisions. Not to all of it. He put his signature and then he himself said, we were ready to sign it and the war would have been over long ago. Right there, man of Prime Minister Johnson talked us out of it and we missed that chance. Damn Boris Johnson. It would have been God. the Istanbul Agreement. Boris freaking Johnson. Just a puppet of the United States. Oh, man. Wouldn't let it happen. If only it wasn't for Boris Johnson. <laughs> ah! He had it signed. It was ready to go. There was peace on the way. And then Boris Johnson. <laughs> ah, dang it. Darn dang. Oh, dang. I'm just a man of peace. He's a man of peace. Well, and... Uh, the inevitable question. I like this question: Who blew up the uh, Nord Stream? The Nord Stream pipeline. Yeah. Who blew up Nord Stream? Guess <laughs> you for sure. You I for was sure. busy that day. Uh, <laughs> Nate, it, do you have? Do you have? <laughs> uh, I did not blow up Nord Stream. You know what he's saying. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, though. You, as in the United States. Gets to it. Yeah, he does. You personally may have an alibi, but the CIA has no The CIA. There you go. Did you have evidence that NATO or the CIA did it? Can't take it. Do you have evidence, Vlad? Let's see it. You know, I won't get into details, but people always say in such cases... He doesn't look want for to go someone who is interested, you know. But in this case, we should not only look for someone who is interested, mm-hmm. but also for someone who has capabilities. He had no because interest, there may be no many capability, people but not all of them are capable of sinking right. to the bottom of the Baltic Sea yeah. and carrying out and this explosion. Sure, these two components should be connected: who is interested and who is capable of doing. But I'm confused. I mean, that's the biggest act of industrial terrorism ever. Yeah. And it's the largest emission of CO2 in, in history. Okay, so if you had evidence, and presumably given your security services, your intel services, yeah. you would, that NATO, the U.S., CIA, the West did this, why wouldn't you present it and win a propaganda Thank victory? you. Good question. Yeah, great question. And the answer is, 
<laughs> In the war of propaganda, it is very difficult to defeat the United States. Right, right, they're United so good States at propaganda. The I mean, they run it all. They run European it. Media. All right, got it. The ultimate Thanks. I mean, I can't. I, I just I can't take it. That's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. Okay, if you have information, evidence, proof... That the CIA blew up the the pipeline. I mean, I don't doubt it. Let's see it. I, I don't mean, necessarily that doubt it. It could be, and we've talked about the fact yes, that it could have. have been us. It could have been us, but it definitely could have been Russia too. Absolutely. 100%. I mean, they have the capability. They have the following reasons. his line of investigation. Yes. It most definitely could have been them. Yes, it could have. But if you think you have evidence of the CIA's involvement, let's see it. Let's have it. You can give me this propaganda nonsense. Shut up. That was agonizing. Agonizing. But he's a man of peace. Man of peace. Man of peace. Man of peace. So. Glenn Beck. Hello. Uh, all right. Sometimes, you know, what you feel with your wallet is as important or even more important than what you're feeling with your heart. I'm sure your heart breaks, as mine does, for the enormous loss of life every year from abortion. But we have to do something about it. Preborn is leading the way, but they can't do it without people in the pro-life movement like you and me. We're the gas that keeps the engine running, and we got to keep it running. Preborn has rescued over 280,000 babies from abortion. And every day they rescue 200 more. Every day. When a woman considering an abortion hears her baby's heartbeat and sees that precious little face on an ultrasound, and you know, how many times have you seen the ultrasound up on the refrigerator, the refrigerator magnet, all the time? Yes. That baby's chance at being allowed to live is doubled at that point. If you have the means, would you please consider a leadership gift to save a baby's life? $5,000 will sponsor a preborn and their entire network for 24 hours. $28 buys an ultrasound. Preborn.com slash Beck. 100% charity rating. Go to preborn.com slash Beck. It's Pat and Jeffy for Glenn today. Um, hopefully he'll be back on, on Monday. Tomorrow's his birthday. He's going to be 60 years old. We got uh, something from uh, Five for Fighting, John Andrasik, coming up in just a few minutes. I think you're going to love it. Um, we Yesterday, was it about this time or maybe an hour earlier? Uh, Might have been in the second hour. that uh, We talked about the Montana couple that lost custody of their daughter. And the daughter, because she's trans, she wants to uh, get uh, puberty blockers, Wants to have the top surgery, all okay. of those things. He wants to transition to a boy. Yes. So the state took custody of her and Good. sent her to Canada, <laughs> Just, where her biological mother lives. And I guess they're going to do the surgery yeah, there. Gonna, I guess it's going to happen. Is that why the mom says, yeah, come on up to Canada. We'll Apparently, do it for you here. That's the impression I got. It's weird because, well, that's probably that's where mom lives. Because those states, most of those states that uh, allow that, they pay for it. Uh, if you get diagnosed with gender dysphoria, mm-hmm. then Medicaid kicks in and they pay for it. Well, that's great. Isn't that nice? That, that's what I'm saying. Yes. Because, because that's what you really want a 14-year-old to make that life decision. 
right? I don't care what age you are. I, I don't either. Just, if you can, if you're you diagnosed four. with gender you could be dysphoria, four years old, then uh-huh. then you need to have the surgery that would make you be less dysphoric. And I'll tell you this: when I was 14, I wish you would have cast in stone every thought I had because man, was I wise at 14. Right? Yeah. Oh right? man. Oh, I knew exactly what life was about. And uh, it's just a, it's it's you just silly know. to think at, at that, fourteen you just know. It's silly <laughs> to think that we've lost our way in that way. I know everybody knows that at fourteen you don't you don't you don't know what's good for the rest of your life. You, you don't. can't make life changing decisions like that at fourteen years old. Is there no common sense anymore? And of course, the answer is the no. There is no. isn't. There isn't any common sense anymore. I mean these these parents, these poor parents who are trying to do the best thing for their for their daughter. So did they get? And, 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 and I'm, I don't know the entire story. So the dad is a real dad, and the yeah. mom is the stepmom. Yeah. So her real mom lives in Canada. Yes. So did the state just say, "Oh, you said no, so we're taking your kid"? Yes. C- CFS. I, mean, I think they call it CFS. It, yeah, yeah, what, we'll, CPS, yeah. whatever the agency is, they, they took control of the child and got her to wow. Canada. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that a United States? Yeah. In a Republican state, a supposedly Republican state, Montana, uh, C- CFS comes in, takes custody of the and daughter. And then ships the daughter to, to another Canada. country? Yeah. Yeah. Across national boundaries oh my gosh it's an incredible how story. is that even allowed i don't know i don't know uh the parents sounded great they sounded like they're beside themselves of course and sure. you know they sound like they want the best for her daughter there's been no implication of any sort of abuse so it was I, just a no to the transitioning yeah right so even right even there was no logical conclusion like it's no now you know, if you want to mm-hmm. transition in four mm-hmm. years when you're 18 or whenever the Montana state government says you're an adult, right. go ahead. Right, which you would think would be reasonable. Yeah. Okay, if if you still want to do this when you're an, an adult human being. So have at it. Then that's going to be up to it. you. Right. But that's not the decision that's being made. Wow. They're instead, I guess, trusting this 14-year-old to make a life decision, a life-altering decision like this for the rest of her life. Talk to the kids who transitioned and now want to detransition and how difficult a process that is. How many times have we seen it? Over and over and over. It's it's insane. But it it doesn't matter because um, it's the prevailing ideology right now if if you think you're trans then you're trans and that's cast in stone and, now. and and not only cast in stone which you know I, I i get it okay so you think you're trans all right fine you know you, mm-hmm. you think you're a boy or you think you're a girl and uh you're thinking man i i should get the surgery because i think that well how about we wait Right. Um, you know, let's let's let's, right. let's wait and i'm not and, saying no forever i'm saying no until you're here's, older there's some boy clothes um, you know, I'm uh-huh. even, I'm even not, but here's some girl clothes, whatever. If we're, we're if we're going to go that far down the road. Okay. But we're not going to make physical changes. changes. Right. You, know, you can make that decision when you are an adult. We're not going to start right now. Your body's I'm responsible process. for you. Yeah. So no. Right. 
That, How about no? That and used that, to that, be logical. That's a, right. That's a response. Mm-hmm. used to be responsible Logical. parenting. Not anymore. Now you're abusive. Okay. <laughs> okay. I know. Okay. And what are you supposed to do? That's all you can say really is, yeah, okay. Okay. All right. I guess I got no rights as a parent anymore. I guess not. I mean, I how, do you fi- how do you fight the government agency that's coming to your house to take your children? I don't I'm, know. I'm, I'm, I'm it's hard. Really, that scares me. Yeah, it's actually, hard. Because I don't know how people fight that. Honestly, I don't know how you fight that. Because when they to, come a knocking, they're going to do what they're going to do. There are certain agencies that will help you, and you need to seek them out uh, immediately. Yeah, yeah. And Glenn Glenn gave them some names yesterday of some agencies that you can seek out, and they said they were going to look into it. I mean, they hadn't yet, but they were going to. They come with the SWAT team to take your kids away because yeah. you, you you said no to the transitioning uh, oh surgery. Uh, there's not much you can do. There's really not. And when you take them across, not just state lines, boundaries. International boundaries. International boundaries. Then what are you supposed to do? And Canada is so liberal. They're gone. They're gone. You can't fight against Canada with uh, Justin Trudeau. No. No, no, no. And I'm his sure leadership. That, I mean, we pay for it here in the U.S. I'm sure that Canada does. There's oh, no, yeah. no question about Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, we put up do. the facade. Well, you've got to be diagnosed with, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Should I see that doctor over there? That doctor there will be able to say whether I should be diagnosed or not. And has he ever said, uh, has he ever not diagnosed anyone with gender dysphoria when they went to him? Probably not. And the thing is, 10 years ago, it was a mental disorder. 10 years ago, you were mentally ill with this problem. But now, now you have to be accepted that way. Yeah, I mean, no, you're, if you're, you're against it, you're the There's, one with the mental problems. Exactly right. It's gone completely the other way now. It's it's so insane. Wow. There's just no words for it. There's really there's really nothing in the English language that can sum up. Oh, I've got a couple words. Yeah, well, okay. But that you can use on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> also, Brown University students are going on a hunger strike uh, to force Brown University to divest from Israel. Apparently, they've got some investments in oh, Israel. No. And the students are, there's a group of 19 students at Brown who have gone on a hunger strike. Oh, no calling for the school to divest from companies which profit from human rights abuses in Palestine. Oh, man. And they're going be, on a hunger strike. It's going to be a shame to see them it's starve be a to shame. death. Yeah, right. I mean... <laughs> I don't well, want them to. If you don't want to eat, though, don't eat. <laughs> Sorry. I don't care. I, I just want to go on record as saying, and this is just coming from me, and I know this uh, might be a surprise, but I will never... Go on a hunger strike for anything. What if you strongly? Anyone. What if you strongly believe in it, though? No. <laughs> some, you're right. I know. I'm I know. I know. I'm shocked. I know that's not happening. Okay. <laughs> you're on uh, your own. Oh man, you're on your own with your hunger strike. Well, okay? this hunger strike began clear back on uh, February second, so that's it's been going on a week now. And it will continue until Brown University considers a proposal on divestment. Uh, th- uh, it comes amid a growth in protests calling for colleges and local governments to divest from assets linked to Israel and the Israeli military. 
We've gone through a lot of other means of showing the university where we stand and what our demands are, Have according you. to Niyanti Nepal, one of the striking students. Well, go ahead. Don't eat. Yeah. And let's see what are they happens. At least, I'd be fascinated to know, are they at least getting like bread and water? Or are they getting, oh, I'd like to know that as well. Are they getting you know, water I with bet a they little are. chili pepper in it or something <laughs> to keep <laughs> them know, alive? No, there's no way they're not eating or drinking. Right. It's not really a hunger strike. It's right. just uh, we're, we demand. We're not eating delicious things strike. That's right. what it is. Right. Organizing has been going on for over 10 years on this campus around this issue. We've had vigils. We've held various programs to get students tuned in. And since October 7th, it escalated to sit-ins where at this date, 61 students have been arrested. Wow, that's how committed they are. 61 students. The hunger strike felt like the next appropriate step. Yep, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Stop you. I mean, that's the first thing I think of when I get mad at somebody. A hunger strike. You know what? <laughs> Never. What's the odds Brown capitulates? Okay. About 98.9%, yeah. I would say. I'll bet you they do. I'll bet you they do. We we'll check back next week. For their safety. Yeah. I mean, right. We I don't mean, want we, to. We can't have them not eat. 888-727-BECK. More coming up. Uh, Jim wrote in about his experience with Relief Factor. He says, I used to have extreme lower back pain and nothing that I tried really ever touched it. But then I heard about Relief Factor, decided to give it a try. Relief Factor worked so well and so quickly. It eliminated the pain, allowing me to function better than I ever had before. Thank you so much, Relief Factor. Jim, you know what it's like to be in pain. And uh, thanks to Relief Factor, you know what it's like to get free. It's a daily supplement. That helps your body fight pain by fighting inflammation. It's 100% drug-free, and it was developed by doctors to help reduce or eliminate pain. Over a million people have tried Relief Factor's Quick Start Kit, and 70% of them have gone on to order it again, which means it's working for them. If it doesn't work for you after the, after the Quick Start, then don't order anymore. See how Relief Factor can help you with their three-week quick start kit. It's only $19.95, and it comes with Relief Factor's Feel Better or Your Money Back Guarantee. So give it a try. you got nothing to lose. Visit relieffactor.com or call 1-800-4-RELIEF. That's 1-800-4-RELIEF. When you feel the difference, you know it works. Relief Factor. Get even more, Glenn. Subscribe to the Glenn Beck Podcast anywhere podcasts are found. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Pat and Jeffy for Glenn today, who turns 60 years old tomorrow. He's 60 years for a moment. And here's uh, John Andrasic with a little tribute to his oh, 60th sweet. birthday. It's almost at the bottom of the pole. There it is. 1964! <laughs> you and I have a rendezvous with destiny. An equal right to vote. Oh, the draft lottery. Birthdays for the draft. That's one small step for man. The time has come for action. Oh, no, it's going through all the pictures, David. I'm 15. Legalized abortion. For a moment. Caught in between. Beginning their sixth day of captivity. 
Counting the ways to where you I'm trying to for a moment She feels better than ever and we're on fire The challenger is destroyed Making our way back from Mars The new Y95 morning zookeepers led back in 10 entry There's still time for you Not the literal, at least not yet, but the symbolic tearing down There's never a wish better than this When you only got a hundred the trial years of to live Princess of Wales has been killed in the I did not have sexual relations with I'm 33 for a moment I'm still the man You see I'm a there There's no way The plane could miss stages of military operations to disarm Iraq. There's never a wish better than this. Lehman Brothers is going bankrupt. Go ahead, Barack Obama. Fix this economy. Suddenly you rise, another blink of an eye. 67's gone, the sun is getting high. We're moving on. Donald Trump wins the presidency. Confirmed cases worldwide, 252. That is up. You're 60 for a moment Time for just another moment And I'm just dreaming Counting the ways to where you are Joseph Biden Jr. is elected the 46th president 15, of the United States 15, there's still time for you 22, I feel you too 33, you're on your way Every day's a new day now It's a new day now There's never a wish better than this When you only got a hundred years to live Happy 60th, Glenn. I'm right behind you, buddy. Happy birthday. Nice. Oh, yeah, that's, that's nice. So sweet. That's nice. See, 60 years old, or is that the, is that the waist size now? I'm, oh, not, I'm not sure. I, it's it's uh, uh, In my presence, the there are no fat jokes to be made, okay? There's no, <laughs> oh, I thought, I oh, thought there was right. no fat jokes. That's that right. Going that's on. Way, we, don't, we don't tolerate that. Okay, that's shaming. what I thought. Yeah. Okay, right. so. Right. Uh, the uh, the picture of him at 13 was fascinating. I've never seen that one before. With the um, buck teeth? Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. That, there's that's there's some great, great pictures in there. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. There was one of us from, uh, I think, 1993, um, somewhere in there. 93, 94. Um, wow. Just, we were like in our 30s for a moment. Right. That I know. Goes by. Goes. Blank fast, of an eye. Doesn't it? Jeez. That song kills me every time because you really are that age for a moment. And then it's gone. It's gone. Whatever. Happy birthday. Yeah. <laughs> Happy birthday. Uh, hopefully he'll be back on uh, on Monday. We'll see you then. Have a great uh, Super Bowl weekend.
Glenn Beck Program.